0: So I want to talk about something that's been on my mind for the last few weeks. This topic, I think it's because of everything we've all been going, what we've been going through. Everything's kind of we're we're walking through the great unknown. So what has been coming up for me is the phrase, or is the word "ehipasiko." If for those of you um, who don't know what that means, it means it, it, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of translations. Uh, in general, it means, um, or oftentimes it means, find your own way with it. But it also, the actual translation means, come and see for yourself. And that's kind of the gist of Buddhist teaching. It's, it's, um, it's what was very attractive to me when I first started along this path um, a number of years ago. It, it's see for yourself. It's not a practice of dogma and doing it just cuz i say to do it but the buddha says to find out for yourself in fact in the suttas, in the in the teachings he calls his dharma ehipassiko um and bhikkhu bodhi the wise wise teacher in our tradition says it's that's how it's it's per, find your own one, own way as as understood by wise people so um you don't just run amok and say, "I'm going to find my own way because I want this and I want that and I want that," but it's held in a framework of wisdom, in a framework of the teachings. And there's a couple of couple of places um, this is this is mentioned. One is one sutta is talking about the Buddha's death and when he was really close to dying and his his uh, the monks were like, "Oh my goodness, who's going to teach us? Who's going to be our leader?" And he said, "Find your own way. Be a lamp unto yourself." That's the very famous translation of that: is "Be a lamp. Be your own light. You don't need another teacher. I have, I have taught you the Dharma. Now practice it and and find your own way." And and that's these teachings have been handed down for 2,600 years, and people are still we're we're sitting here trying to find our own way. And I think it's I think it's helpful right now because it is so up in the air. You know, so many people want to be told what to do, want to be told which direction to go in. And we just, there's so many, I don't knows. I was listening to an interview with Ricky Gervais, of all people, the other night, and he, he put it very well. He said, I wish I could tell people, okay, September 1st everything's going to be good, we're going to be back to quote unquote normal, everything's going to open up and we're going to go about our business, he goes, but I can't, no one can, you know, and, and that is very unsatisfactory for a lot of people, a lot of people want to have the rigid solid idea, I did a, a taught a half day this morning and the, the topic was getting unstuck. We get so stuck to our, our need to have answers, our need to have a, 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 a way out, a path that we can follow, but not just a path that we can follow, because the Buddha calls these teachings the path. but answers and steps, and if you do this, this is guaranteed, the problem is there are no guarantees, this, one of the, one of the real uh, characteristics of existence is impermanence, and impermanence is another way of saying change, everything is changing, The, the ground beneath us is, is, is moving, is shifting, in fact, we're in this place of groundlessness, so how do we navigate that, and the Buddha said, find your own way with it, and he didn't just say, find your own way with it, buy them, peace out. He actually gave us some teachings. And the the really important teaching around this is this one sutta called the Kalama Sutta. Uh, the Kalama were some people who lived um, at the time of the Buddha. And I'll just go over this the story. He he came to where the Kalamas were, and he was going to teach them. And the wandering teachers were all over the place back then. And so... He went and he gave a teaching, and the um, the 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 col- the columnists came to him and they said, "Oh, blessed one, we're so happy you're here." And just so you know that every week there's a different wise person coming through and teaching us different things and telling us that we actually don't believe what the other people told you. That's all crap. What I'm saying is the one true teaching and you have to like, you know, just screw everyone else. They're terrible. And the Buddha said, um, well, and they said, what do you think about that? And he said, "Um, well, let me put it this way. Uh, He said, it's, it's, um, who should we believe is basically what he said, uh, what they asked him, excuse me, there's a, there's a, there's a cat showing up on my lap, so I got distracted. <laughs> That's one of the fun things about teaching at home. Anyway, so the um, they said, we don't know what to do. And the Buddha said, you know, it's wise for you to be doub- doubting everyone, because how can everyone who comes be the only true thing and revile everyone else? That makes absolutely no sense. Um, and they said, there's uncertainty in us. Which of these... M- Uh, Which of these people have spoken the truth? And so the Buddha said, don't go upon what has been acquired by repeated hearing. Just because you hear it, don't believe it all the time. Nor upon tradition, nor upon rumor, nor upon what is in a scripture, nor upon surmise, nor upon an axiom, nor upon specious reasoning, nor upon a bias toward a notion that has been pondered over, nor upon another seeming ability, nor upon the consideration, ooh, this monk is our teacher, that means he should know. Kalamas, when you yourselves know, this is what you should go on, when you yourselves know these things are bad, these things are blamable, these things are censured by the wise, undertaken and observed, these things lead to harm and ill, then you abandon those. If you see for yourself that these things cause you suffering or lead to harm, that's what you push you, you, you put aside. You don't listen to. And the, and the converse is true as well. He said, When you when you know yourselves, these things are good, these things are not blamable, they're praised by the wise. When you see them for yourself, that they lead to benefit and happiness, enter on and abide in those. Abide in what doesn't cause harm, what's wise and skillful. And that that's how you find your way with things. And he didn't just say, okay now, have a nice day, after saying this. He actually went on for um, uh, extrapolated further or explained further in teaching of the the three defilements about greed and hatred and delusion and to see when things are driven by greed when you're driven by craving when you're driven by anger or hatred or you're just lost in delusion it's the basic um um when we get lost we're we're caught up in these things and and last week I talked about um Um, I think it was last week, oh no, last week I talked about seeing what causes harm, really paying attention to what causes harm, because there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in this world right now, tremendous, tremendous harm, tremendous violence, um, tremendous greed, tremendous hatred, you can see it every day, um, just by how people are responding to a virus, and the vitriol and the anger and the, the the othering that's going on. You can see that that that's causing harm. And that's probably not the path you want to go down. Um so you have to really pay attention. And it's it's not that he said this and now have a nice day, it's grounded in the teachings. That's when I point Bhikkhu Bodhi said. You can't just pick willy-nilly what you think is good. Oh, I, I like that. So I'm going to go there. I think a shiny new car is is the way to go. So I'm going to go follow the teacher who'll teach me how to find a shiny new car. You know, the the there are I see and I'm sure you've seen it all these teachings like if you just do this, you'll get prizes. You know, whatever it is, you you'll do these steps and you'll get what you want. And I mean, that's the that's the roots of fundamentalism right there, is if this, this is the way it's supposed to be, and then you will get whatever the prize is at the other end, whether it's abundance in this life, whether it's life ever after, um, whatever. That's what the prize is if you do these things. And this is a little bit more difficult because you have to see for yourself really know these things, and what he offers, Buddha spent 45 years teaching the, the, the Four Noble Truths, that there is suffering, knowing the nature of suffering, you have to know suffering, you have to, and by suffering I mean not just, you know, suffering is a big word, but dissatisfaction, uh, know the unsatisfactory nature of existence, know that you will lose everything you are close to, you know, the five remembrances, where all of the nature to grow old, get sick and die and everything we love will be taken from us, all we are ha- have are our actions, to see that really clearly and understand that that life happens to each of us and we see it right now, there is great pain, there's great sadness, there's There's a lot of loss right now. There's some mourning that we can be doing for the the losses of um, maybe we haven't been impacted so greatly, but you can see it around the loss that's there. I was um, when I go sometimes for a walk and I go by stores, little businesses that are shuttered, that are closed, and I get incredibly sad, incredibly sad because I don't know how those people are doing if they'll ever come back. There's a tremendous amount of sadness. And so, the cat's ringing the bell now. So, anyway, um, there's a tremendous amount of sadness and and loss. And can you grieve and recognize that this is part of life? This is the way it is. There's nothing you can do to be a better person to make it be different from the way it is. So, to understand the nature of, of suffering and to see that we... Um, intensify that discomfort, intensify the pain of being a human being by wanting it to be different. We get caught up in craving and aversion, saying this is okay and that's not okay. And like those teachers are saying, if you do this, if you do that, if you believe him, you'll be sad. If you believe me, you'll be happy. So to say, you know what, let me actually see if I'm caught up in craving for things to be a certain way or if I'm willing to... Sit with this comfort, and then the 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 Buddha offers a way out, which is the Eightfold Path, which is a a a, a way to cultivate wisdom, wisdom and compassion. We see clearly the nature of existence. We see that things are dis- unsatisfactory. We see that there is Um, um, uh, impermanence things change all the time and that everything is conditioned everything's conditioned you know we are who we are based on what came before us based on what we heard in our lives based on what we see based on what we've told based on the, the the culture we've grown up in and what the messages we've received so to start seeing that clearly that when we're caught in delusion, we can cause harm, and harm can be caused. And to set an intention to walk through life without causing harm, to be with goodwill and um, let go of what doesn't serve us. And then the, the, there's a piece in The Eightfold Path, this teaching on how to be in the world, all about um being in relationship with others, you know, not causing harm, not killing, not stealing, not, um, not uh, 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 being harsh or untrue with our speech, and also saying what needs to be said, being wise with our sexuality, not ingesting things that lead to heedlessness, because when we're heedless, when we're not paying attention, it's so easy to ca- cause harm and mindfulness is in there. I don't mindfulness is the foundation of everything. If we're not paying attention, if we're not willing to rest our awareness right here with what's going on, we we're not really it's going to be much more difficult to um to be in a place of ease with whatever happens. It doesn't mean we fix stuff. It doesn't mean we get what we want, but we can deal with reality we can deal with what's happening. Um, I, I, when I was talking this morning at the, at the half day, I had, I, I had a line I wrote down the other day, yesterday, when I was um, putting together the talk about there's should, what we think should happen, and then there's reality. And oftentimes, they don't match. And when we hold on to should, we're going to suffer. Because reality always wins. Reality always wins. It doesn't mean we like it. It doesn't mean we um, celebrate it. It just means we acknowledge right now it's like this. Right now it's like this. Um, there's a, I, I've mentioned it several times. Probably I keep mentioning it because I'm not done with it. I'm almost done with this book called In Love with the World about this uh, monk, um, this um, actually this llama, a Tibetan Lama who leaves his monastery to do a three-year retreat on the street, and he is used to being taken care of because he's the abbot, and he's been living in the monastery since he was a little boy, and now he's 36 or 38 years old, and he all of a sudden has to buy a, a train ticket for himself, which he has never done he's never had to get his own food, he's never had to do anything, and so now he's living in this world, you know, and he's been this really, he's this spiritually advanced person, and now all of a sudden, it's like, what, how do I do this, and he just has to be with, oh, right now, it's like this, oh, this is unpleasant, and his mind goes off, and he goes, oh, bring it back, come back, come back, I mean, even people with massive massive amounts of training still have to stay present with the unpleasantness of what they're experiencing. All of his experiences were unpleasant when he first started out. All of them were, because they were new and unique and unknown and, and unpleasant. So how do you stay with what is? That's how you find your own way with it. That's how you start cultivating a hiposiko. When you go, okay, what's happening right now? What is this, and what does the teaching suggest which way, which direction we move in? Is my is my choice driven by driven by greed? Is it driven by aversion, or is it a path of not causing harm, of moving in a in a in a in a place of equanimity of saying, okay, I see what's happening. How do I move in conjunction with these teachings that I have committed to? that I believe in thoroughly so that's why I have this as a framework and that's what the Buddha provided us with a framework for moving through the world wisely without causing harm. And he taught for 45 years in any number of ways to support this Um, hopefully so that it's accessible, accessible to most people this container that he's created and when you have this container you are able to be with whatever shows up um there's a there's a thing in here in the the sutta goes on again and it talks about the four solaces these four ways we can be at ease and he said these things suppose there is a her- hereafter and as a result of your deeds done well then you get to a uh uh uh, arise in the heavenly world which is possessed in the state of bliss. That's a good thing. But if there's no hereafter, you still get to feel the bliss of a blameless life. So it's you do it because you don't have remorse over acting unwisely or acting unskillfully. You're not trapped in this this greed, this hatred and delusion, which is always unsatisfactory, because there's never enough, because you're always looking out there, so the Buddha said, if there's, if there's a promise, that if you get good stuff at the end, or if you don't get good stuff in the end, it's not about the outcome, it's about how you move through life, that's what it's about, you know, and so there should be some solace in this, there's some ease, it's like, you know what, I, um, We take accountability for our actions, we set an intention to not cause harm, and we try and move in that direction as best we can. And um, he also talks in this sutta about the four exalted dwellings. And when you live in this way, and it's also um, complemented by the metta-sutta, which is the Buddhist teaching on loving-kindness. If if you're familiar with the metta sutta, it talks about this is what should be done by people who are wise, people who cannot be reproached, which is what they're talking about now. When you live in this way, people can't reproach you, which is a powerful platform. It's a powerful way to be. It's like it's not perfection. Because we fall down and we do things, we, we, I cause harm, it's not my intention, it might be the impact even if it's not my intention, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trapped by the idea that I have to be perfect so I can own up to it and go, oh yeah, I screwed up, how can I, how can I take care of it? How can I fix the mess I made? So there's a tremendous amount of freedom. We don't have to blame, we don't have to run away, we don't have to hide. There's this openness, this vulnerability, this ability to just be, be a human being with suffering and struggling with the human condition. So the Buddha says when you dwell this way, one of the natural things that arises is this heart of kindness and compassion and joy and equanimity. The Brahma Viharas, the divine abodes, they call them the exalted dwellings in this sutta. And the mind lives with this, this con, um, always abiding with loving kindness and compassion and joy and equanimity because of the way you're living. Finding your own way through this is, is when you have these guideposts of mindfulness, of, of the precepts of not causing harm, ending harm where you see it ending suffering where you see it. It's a little bit of a call to action. That's what I talked about last week, this call to action to end suffering where you see it. It's so important in this teaching and something we miss a lot. Um, So it's a call to action and it's also an ability to move through with, with joy in spite of what's going on outside. We suffer because we want it to be good out there. And we're missing that we can have the good in here, the ease and the contentment in here, and that's what the Buddha's uh, admonition about a ahipasiko is—to find your own way as you sit experientially. Don't do it just—don't do it just because I say it. Lord knows, don't do it just because I say it, but find your own way with it see what makes sense, um, see what's wise, see what's beneficial, see what you're, where and how you start, how do you do that, that's the question also, is start where you are, it's always start where you are, wherever your edge is, what brings you discomfort today, what's challenging you today, what are you stuck on today, and again, there's all these teachings. I was talking to someone the other day about the paramis, the perfections, which are these in Theravada teaching. There's 10 paramis, which are perfections that need to be um, uh, uh, accomplished in order to awaken. And it's patience and generosity and wisdom and effort and loving kindness and and determination, and, and equanimity, and I've forgotten a couple, but that, those are things, so if you're struggling with impatience, maybe patience is what you practice. If you're struggling with clinging, maybe generosity, and not just financial generosity, but generosity of spirit, generosity of time, you know, maybe talking to some a friend on the phone who's, who's having a difficult time. In the olden days, it would have been taking someone to the airport, that's an act, or picking someone up at the airport, that's an act of generosity, in the olden days of two months ago, um, who knows when that'll be a thing again, and so that is, that is, you know, where you practice, if you find yourself running up against the wall, um, that's where you begin to investigate, if you find yourself wrapped in obsessive thinking, that's where you investigate, you let go and come back, what's happening, what's, start disentangling it's like the fishing line that's all tangled up you start okay taking one thing and moving it and doing what you need to do to disentangle the Buddha uses that word a lot we have to disentangle our conditioning our ideas about what things should be like so start where you are um, most dissatisfied or off kilter Um, that's where you want to where what are you fighting what's where's your discomfort Um, find out what you're reacting to you know it's not that it's wrong or right it's just like oh this the things themselves are neither good nor bad nor indifferent it's our reaction to them loud noises like this morning just as I was starting the half day the the gardener showed up and is like, and I have a choice of, of being angry and yelling at them or going, oh, okay, right now it's like this. How do I hold it with equanimity? How do I hold it with balance? Recognizing it's unpleasant but still holding it. So that that's how you show up. And I'm trying to think i got a bunch of other notes on here, but I think that's pretty much it. You know? And 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 the I always like to say, um, you know, is it what it is? Your action going to lead towards harm or away from harm? Towards suffering or away from suffering? Those those are kind of the choices we make. We get to the crossroads. What's what's driving us? Is this going to lead to more delusion? Sometimes we go, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and play solitaire for eight hours because I need to check out. That's fine. But go in with your eyes wide open. Recognize what you're doing. Recognize it, and say, you know what? Um, you know, it's uh, talking about right livelihood. That's always a conversation. That's always um, sometimes difficult for people. It's like, you know what? I'm going to stay in this job that I know is is harmful at times because I um, I make a lot of money, and I and I and I crave security. So just Understand why you're doing what you're doing, and have your eyes wide open, and say, "I understand this is this may be causing harm at some point internally to me. Hopefully, not to others. But just be very clear, as as much as you can, clearing clearing away the dust, clearing away the cobwebs or the fog." So, okay, that is really my um, my two cents. So, um.